Well, good morning, church. Let's clap to the Lord this morning. He deserves a clap offering. Can we clap to God this morning? I think we can do a little better than that. Let's clap to God this morning. So good to see you. Welcome to our second service this morning. Good morning, church. I'm excited about you being here. We had a packed out first service, and I'm glad about you being here in our second service this morning. God has uh, been doing some amazing things within our church. Lord has been working in some powerful ways in our student ministry over the weekend through our Disciple Now weekend. We love to, to hear what God is doing there and in so many of their lives as he's gotten a hold of their hearts. They're excited. They're fired up about living and loving Jesus, living for Jesus and, and loving him. And today we are uh, we're actually kind of in between series today. We're on a Sunday that we're calling Commitment Sunday. And it's going to be a different kind of talk today, a different kind of service. It's been a great time of worship and in our, in our uh, time of uh, looking at God's Word this morning, we're going to be doing a little bit of team teaching today. We're going to be uh, kind of uh, just, uh, you're going to hear some from me. You'll hear a little bit from Pastor Randy today. And then you're also going to hear some from Pastor Jason as, as we share communion together this morning, as we reflect upon the incredible commitment that Jesus made to us in laying down his life. Today, as we're having Commitment Sunday, some of you who have been involved in, in our EVC Vision Fellowships, many of you attended those and you went through those, and we're so grateful to those of you who did for the time that you invested in that. And, and what we've been doing, for those of you that aren't sure what that is, we've just been hosting some fellowships for our core membership, and we've just, just had a time of dialogue with, uh, with those of you who call yourselves a part of EVC, and it was a great experience just to be able to sit down with you, kind of the way that we started our church, meeting in living rooms, sit down, share with you from your pastor's perspective, just the direction that we believe God is leading us towards developing ourselves as just as spiritually healthy as we possibly can be as a church in this upcoming year. And uh, we were able to share some things with you, and some of you shared some things back with us, things that were on your heart, and I just want to say thank you. We always want to have that open dialogue with you and the things that you're thinking about and that are on your heart, and I just want to say thanks for all the positive feedback that, that you've been so positive with us about this direction of spiritual developing, spiritual development and, and, and us growing deeper in our commitment levels towards Jesus Christ, and, and, and that's really what we want to talk about. About this morning. You see, whenever we grow in our commitment towards Christ and we, we truly take into context within our lives and, and, and think about the context of God's grace in our lives that we just sang about, our only natural response is to give Jesus, give back to Jesus our entire lives. To say, God, we commit to you not just a portion of our life or not just whenever it's convenient to serve you or to love you. But God, not like I'm trying to get you to love me more than you already do. You already love me so much. You've already saved me. My salvation is set. It is secure in Jesus Christ. But Lord, now as a disciple of Jesus, Lord, I realize your word tells us this. That discipleship, although salvation is completely free... Discipleship costs us our lives. It costs us a, a commitment of our lives in following Jesus. And, and that's what we as your pastors are wanting to lead this church deeper into, is a deeper level of commitment of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What it means to be a disciple, to call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for what God is doing within our church. And, and I am a student of history. I love to uh, just think about what God has done throughout the church, the church as a whole, throughout, throughout the ages. What you'll find is that there have always been men and women 
through different periods of the, of the history of the world and the history of the church who had extraordinary levels of commitment to the cause and to the life of Jesus Christ, to live their lives as a disciple of Christ. Uh, too many for me really just to even mention this morning in the short time that I have. There are so many documented accounts of, of men and women who gave their lives up in following Jesus. That they literally gave their lives up in calling themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and I am always, as, and not just as a pastor, but as a believer, as one who calls himself a Christ follower, I am always challenged, I am always inspired whenever I consider their stories. Whenever I think about things that were lost in following Christ. Um, I, I was reading, you can think about the disciples in the early church, but I was also, I was also reading about one amazing couple that was just passionately committed to following Jesus. Their names are Adoniram and Ann Judson. And they were actually the very first missionaries that were sent out of America into another part of the world where churches were now sending missionaries out into the rest of the world to evangelize and share Jesus with those who did not know Christ. They were the very first ones that were sent out to another part of the world of spreading the gospel. And this happened in the very early 1800s. They had a passion for reaching the unreached people in Southeast Asia, particularly in the area of Burma. It's called Burma at this time. And, and if you've ever been to Southeast Asia, you know that it's intensely hot and humid. And this couple, they sweated out their time there for 18 years. They gave their lives to this people group who did not know Christ. 18 years of their lives were given to following Jesus in this way without any rest, not any time of furlough where they could come back and rest. You see, they didn't have airplanes to be able to fly back and come and visit family. Once you went to the field like that, you're there until a ship maybe sails by. And I was reading about this couple, and, and I was reading about them, and they, they endured all kinds of torture while they were there. They endured imprisonment. They endured severe persecution for following Christ. Adoniram, he admitted this, that he never saw a ship sail without wanting to jump on board and go home. I love that honesty. I love the transparency. He wrote that in his diary. When his wife, Anne, when her health finally broke because they went through times of sickness as they were serving there, when her health finally broke, he put her on a, a homebound vessel and he writes this in his diary of the knowledge of knowing that there was a, a chance that he may never see his wife again or it at least would be a two-year period that he would not see her. He wrote this, he said, and he confided to his diary, he said, if we could just find some quiet resting place on earth where we could spend the rest of our days in peace. Well, that sounds really good, right? That sounds like what we would want to do. But then he goes on and he writes this. He steadies himself as the commitment that he's made is being challenged. He writes this as a postscript, but he says, Life is so short and there are millions of Burmese that are perishing without knowing Jesus Christ. He says, I am the only person on earth who has attained their language to communicate God's salvation by His grace. You see, the Judsons, they knew what it meant whenever Jesus said, if you're going to be my follower, you're going to have to take up your cross daily. You're going to have to deny yourself. In fact, you're going to have to do something what Jesus said. You're going to have to die to self. 
You're going to have to die to your own self in this sense. And, and I hear about that and I thought, man, I have never suffered in that way for the cause of Jesus. I've never been in a place where I've had to suffer in such a way where my commitment level to Christ. I look at, I look at folks like that and I wonder, am I really committed? Have I really, am I committed in following Christ in such a way? And I hope that this week, if you heard about the, uh, the dear pastor friend who, uh, who was murdered this week, in Arlington, I hope that you'll pray for their family and pray for their church. They were one of our sister churches within, within the association that we're a part of. But that's a man who lost his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you'll just, in, in just in a time of prayer, as I continue to talk, that you'll just say a prayer for that church and for that, uh, and for that dear pastor's family this morning. I was reading this week, I came across an article about another Christian pastor in Nepal. He was nearly beaten to death by six men for what they called blasphemy against their traditional gods. He was nearly beaten to death. This is Pastor Waglin. This is Pastor Waglin and his his family. And uh, he had an elderly he and an elderly elderly member of his church. They were actually just walking to another neighborhood village to conduct a prayer meeting with those who were believers and, and followers of Jesus Christ. And that's when they were accosted by these six men who came up and asked them what they were doing and and started pushing them around and then began to beat both of them mercilessly. All for doing, as I was thinking about this, as I was reading about this, all for doing what we get to do here this morning and what we'll do this afternoon, praying to our God. And we're just going to lead a prayer service. That's it. And they were beaten for their faith. They were persecuted for their faith. You'd have thought that after an event like that, like that, that this church would have just said, man, we're done. We, we are hanging it up. We're not, we're not going to do this anymore. This is too costly. This is too dangerous. The commitment level is too high. We can't do this anymore. You'd have thought Pastor Waglin would have hung it up and said, man, forget this. I can't do this for Jesus. But this article goes on and it says this, that they were not intimidated by the persecution, but they rejoiced for suffering in the same way that their Lord had suffered. You'd have thought they'd have hung it up. It goes on and it says in the article, Today, with his body healed to the extent that he is no longer taking medication, Pastor Waglin is ministering in a village. Now you'd have even thought this. Maybe he'd have hung it up there and went somewhere else in the world where maybe they were just a little more uh, you know, ready to hear the gospel or open to the gospel. You'd have thought he'd have just... But it says this in this article. It says, No, he went back... Now he's ministering in a village only about five miles from where the attack, the initial attack, took place. A dozen believers are now regularly attending his fellowship, and he is once again conducting home Bible studies and outreach ministries. While the believers in Nepal are rejoicing at Pastor Waglin's return, the missionary is asking for continued prayer for his family's safety. Pastor Waglin wants to continue his service for the Lord. Few other pastors explain this, but here's what he says. He wants to continue his service in serving Christ in this way, but sometimes it says he finds it difficult to protect his wife and his children from the men who often come to their homes and threaten them. And I read that and I thought, I've never suffered that way. I've never suffered for my faith. I've been ridiculed, I've been heckled before. I've, I've, I've had someone make fun of me for following Christ, but I have never been in a place where I feared for my life for just loving Jesus. 
for having the freedom to follow Christ, for being committed to Christ. And you might just say a, a prayer for Pastor Wagland and the believers in Nepal, the believers in, in Vietnam, the believers in places where they don't have the freedom and where believers still rally together in spite of persecution because of a commitment level that they have in following their Savior, no matter what it costs them, no matter what it costs them. Can people really still be this committed in their following of Jesus Christ in this day and age of what, what is often called the age of convenient Christianity? In fact, sometimes it's called casual Christianity. And I want to tell you this, that casual Christianity really is an oxymoron. It does not make any sense. Because Christianity is following Christ with all of your heart. It's not just, just the parts that, that you think it's okay. It's saying, God, you gave me everything. You've blessed me in such a way. Now, God, here is all of my life in response to your grace. Not because I'm trying to wor work my way to heaven or earn my way, because that's been secured in Jesus. But simply because you've saved me, Lord, now here's my life. A living sacrifice to be used for your glory. The passage of Scripture that I felt led to lead with you this, uh, just to, to, for us to read together this morning is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And I'd just like to ask us to say this out loud together. Can we read it as a congregation? Say it with me. It says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. To strength. God's looking to strengthen. Because we have times of weakness in our commitment, don't we? I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't. You, you, you heard that the, the Judson, he said, he said this, uh, anytime I saw a ship, I thought it'd be great just to get on and go home to escape this. But the Lord is looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He's looking to strengthen us in those times, those who are, are fully committed. But you know, people really in, in our society, we're not really into this word commitment. I mean, anything worthwhile in our life, it takes commitment. We don't want to be committed to anything, though, in this day and age. We don't want to make commitments to, you know, to maybe a particular job, or we don't want to make a commitment to a long-term marriage. That's why we see so many failing, because the commitment level in those, area, in those areas are not high. Or in, in so many cases, we don't want to commit to a church. Instead, we just maybe go wherever it's maybe just kind of, you know, best for us, if that's, and instead of committing and saying, you know, this is where God has called me to be a part of a body that is depending upon me, this, that, that, I, that I'm a part of this. We just don't want to commit to anything, but anything worthwhile requires commitment in our lives, it requires commitment. We kind of operate in this mentality of, I've got to keep my options open because there could be something better that comes along. That happens in marriages. That happens in, in, in other commitments. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to commit to anything because life really is kind of like a buffet. And, and I don't want to get to the end of it and, and I filled my plate up with, with the wrong kind of food, you know. And, and by the way, I've done some buffets. You can always get another plate, okay, just, just if you're thinking about that. But the tragic fact is, is this, is you cannot build the great kind of life that God wants his believers to live without sacrifice and commitment. It requires that. It requires that kind of sacrifice. You can't even in the secular world live without making commitments. You can't buy a house without making a commitment, right? They want a commitment out of you. 
You can't, you, you, you can't uh, you know, work at a job without uh, making a commitment. If you're a part of a team uh, in sports or something, you know that commitment is important if that team is going to succeed. You cannot be married without making a commitment. You can't even, young, guy, young folks this morning, I feel weird saying that. Okay, teenagers, you can't, young folks, okay, you can't even, like I'm really old, you can't even make a commitment, I mean, get a driver's license without making a commitment. I mean, it's all about commitment. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, at some point in your life, you have been in really good shape, physically fit, good shape? Would you lift your hands up this morning? Lift them up, okay? All right. At some point, you have been. How many of you would say uh, today that you are no longer in really good shape? Would you lift your hands up this morning, okay? How many of you are out of breath from lifting your hand up, okay? Because... Here's what you, what you know if you've ever been involved in, in committing to fitness or, or being healthy in that way. You know that the, the physical condition did not just happen just unintentionally. Except maybe when you were a teenager and then you could just eat whatever, right? But then you know that starts turning, all right, as you get a little older, okay? But, but some of you at some point in your life, maybe those who lifted their hands and you said, you know, I'm not finding that to be true, that I'm physically fit anymore. You probably didn't lose your six-pack and gain the keg, you know, over, overnight. Or you, you probably, you know, didn't get to a place where you couldn't run regularly or work out regularly overnight. It just came kind of through a series of, of choices that you made that maybe weren't the best choices. What happens in the, pit, the pitfalls often for our commitments are things like complacency. Or we just kind of settle in and we just kind of think, well, you know, we, we just don't really give intentional commitment anymore. Or for some of us, something happens in our life and we get distracted and, and other things start crowding out the commitments that really matter. Or, or maybe you added a more, you know, more or, or a few more scoops of ice cream to your bowl because your discipline level went down. And the thing is, is that there are reasons that we are where we are in our lives. There are reasons that we are who we are in our lives, and it's through our choices. It's through our commitments. I shared with those of you who were in our vision fellowships that last September, I quit running from God, and the Holy Spirit has started listening to Him about my own personal need to take care, better care of myself physically. And uh, with God's help, I've, uh, and, and all glory to God, because I, I've failed so many times on my own, that I've been able to lose 52 pounds since last September. And, um, and I'm excited about that. But, but as I shared in the Vision Fellowships, what I realized through that process is that it wasn't just a one-time commitment that I needed to make, but instead it was me deciding every single day that this is what my choices are going to be. Every day. Because what I could easily do right now, and I hope you'll pray, you'll pray for me and hold me accountable, is I could easily say that's what happened and I could focus so much on the past that I don't have any, any idea of realizing where I'm heading in the future. And by the way, I still have more than I need to lose to get in good shape. It takes recommitment. It takes assessment. It takes evaluating the level of your commitments. It takes sometimes loving correction by God to say, you know, you're not following me the way that you used to follow me. 
You're not, you're not as committed to me the way that you, when you first found out about my grace and you found out about Jesus, you're not in love with me the way that you used to be in love with me. The Bible says there's power in commitment. There's, there's these pitfalls and distractions and complacency. There's a price of commitment and it costs you something to be committed. But there's also this payoff. The Lord talks about this payoff that we have whenever we are committed to Him. And we stand before Him one day and He says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is a great payoff. And we're talking long term, but there's also payoff in your commitment levels at this point as you experience the abundant kind of life that God called you to. What we've been... uh, what we've been talking about as your pastors is us going deeper as a church. Us moving beyond just, just kind of a complacent kind of Christianity. But us not worrying about being, we don't, our ambition is not to be the biggest church or anything like that. We do believe that healthy churches should grow. But our ambition as your pastors is to lead you into spiritual health. To lead you to be spiritually healthy Christ followers. We're not asking you to do anything that we, that we believe is unbiblical. We're not asking you to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. Pastor Randy is going to come now, and he's going to talk for just a minute about, about uh, what we discussed in our vision fellowships and the commitment card that you should have seen that's in your, uh, in your bulletin when you came in or in the packet that you received when you went to one of these. So excited about sharing the, uh, the stage with Pastor Randy today. Pastor Randy.